Hello, good friend. This is evangelist Mike McCurry. You're listening to the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. Did you know that Jesus Christ dealt with rejection as well? See, it's not just you. It's not just me. Yes, in our present day, it feels like the world can be against us. In the turmoil, in the tumultuousness of life, it feels like there's no one on our side. But thankfully, Jesus Christ is always in our corner. But realize, in the Bible, Jesus Christ, when he was in human form on earth, he dealt with rejection as well. And Dr. Paul Levine is going to continue a message he's been preaching on Monday and Tuesday of this week. It's titled, The Demand of Discipleship. I hope you'll listen in in just a moment here. Before we go any further, though, I've got to tell you about a brand new gospel track we are offering at BibleTracksInc.org. That's our website associated with our ministry, Bible Tracks Incorporated. The web address, one more time, is BibleTracksInc.org. Now, let me tell you about this gospel track. It's titled Freedom in Forgiveness. And a good friend of mine wrote this gospel track as a salvation testimony. Now, his testimony is absolutely incredibly powerful, and I think it just might be a help to you. If you yourself have struggled with addiction, you've struggled with the chains of sin, you've struggled with divorce, sloth, envy, jealousy, temptation, abuse, you name it, I think this gospel track might be a help to you. The front cover, I say this often, but it truly is, it's striking great design. I'd like for you to visit our website, BibleTracksInc.org. Now, let's listen to Dr. Paul Levine tell us about Jesus himself dealing with rejection. Listen now. Here were young folks standing all across the, in the, in front of the building. And as we were singing, and as other young folks were coming forward, dedicating their lives to God, all of a sudden, the mother of one of these girls came down the aisle. Walked over to the daughter, put her arms around her, and they started to weep on each other's shoulder. Here's a daughter giving her life to God. Here's a mother saying, honey, I'm, I'm glad you're doing this. This is fine. I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to scrape up all the money I can to help you get to college. And I'm going to back you. And I'm going to do everything I can. That's what it meant. They were standing there crying. So when the stanza stopped, I said, hey, folks, isn't that wonderful? Look here. I hadn't said anything about any parents coming down there to stand with their children, but I said, isn't this fine? I'm so glad for this mother who's come here to stand with her daughter. And I said, I thank God for that. And I just want to praise God for this beautiful sight, mother and daughter weeping on each other's shoulders. And by that time, I felt a tap on my shoulder. And I looked around, there was a pastor. The pastor said, Brother Paul, that's not that girl's mother. Her mother doesn't even care enough about her to be here tonight. Now, some of you may have mothers like that. I'm not running down your mothers. I'm just saying that if you are rejected in your service for God and you don't get the backing and the help and the tears and the prayers and the encouragement from your mother or your dad or your brothers or your sisters, you are going to suffer the very same thing that the Lord Jesus suffered. The same thing. And the pastor said, that, that, that's not the girl's mother, but he said, that. Dear lady knows that this girl doesn't have a mother who cares that much about her, and so she just come to be her mother. Boy, that melted that crowd, and man, you should have seen the parents come. I didn't have to ask anybody to come. They just came from everywhere, and all across that building were mothers and dads and sons and daughters crying on each other's shoulders and, and rejoicing together in that lives were being dedicated to God. 
Young people, I know that some of you, when you get home, will get the cold water thrown all over the professions that you've made. You go home all excited, Mama, guess what? I dedicated my life to God. You did what? See? So far, oh, we got a little angel living here now. Got a preacher living here now. Don't tell them what your brothers and sisters and others will say to, to, uh, about you. But that's what the Lord suffered. And he says, now, I'm going to Jerusalem and I'm going to suffer many things and I'm going to be hated by this world and I'm going to be rejected by the very ones that ought to have received me. I remember a brother and a sister in a little town in Illinois. Service was uh, over one night and uh, these two, a brother and sister came to me. Can we talk to you? And I said, yes. So we slipped to one side and they started to cry. And I said, why are you crying? And they said, it's our parents. Oh, I said, what's the matter with your parents? Well, they're making us dance. Making you what? They said, we're making us, they're making us dance. These were high school kids. I said, what do you mean they're making you dance? Well, they got dancing in our school and we don't want to dance. We're Christians. We don't believe a Christian ought to dance. And I said, how long have you been saved? Well, about a year. And I said, uh, you've only been saved a year and you already know enough about it. You don't believe you ought to dance? No, we ought to, we don't want to dance. But our Parents are making us dance. Our mother and dad have said, you've got to engage in the dancing program down there at the school. You see? In their spiritual walk with God, they were rejected by their parents. Now, I'm not trying to turn you against your parents. You love your parents. You obey your parents. You honor your parents. But when your parents take a, a dim view of your living for God, don't get bitter against them. But if it squeezes the tears out of your face, and it makes you fall on your knees before God and say, Oh, Lord, I wish my mother and dad were like this. I wish they could understand. Then pray for them and love them. But remember, that's the same thing that the Lord Jesus suffered. He suffered that. And you may have to suffer that. So don't let it shake you up too bad. Uh, one of these weeks, we're going to have some young people here. And I can remember when their mother was saved in some meetings we had in Michigan. They were Jewish, two Jewish girls. This church had a ball team, and they had a game with some other church, and our meetings were going to start on Tuesday night, and they wrote me a letter, or called me up. I was in Michigan. They called me up and said, Paul, you get down here on Monday in time, and you can play on our ball team. And I'd been there before, and so I wrote them back, and I said, or called them back, and I said, well, I, that's nice of you, but i got to pray about that. I don't, know, I don't know whether I really want to play or not, <laughs> so I'll pray about it and see well, it didn't take long to pray about that, brother. I, I knew I wanted to play ball with them, so I got there on Monday. And, we, and I played ball with them. And there were two Jewish girls there. And the young people of the church said to me, they said, now those two Jewish girls said they'd be in church tomorrow night. They'll be there. They're going to be there tomorrow night, brother Paul. They're on the stage, never heard the gospel, never been anywhere except the Jewish synagogue. They're going to be there tomorrow night. Oh, I said, that's wonderful. I said, how do you know they're going to be there tomorrow night? A lot of young people say, oh, we'll be there, but they never show up. He says, those girls will show up. If they tell you they're going to be there, they'll be there. And boy, they were the next night. They were there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and all day Sunday. They came every night, and they listened and listened, and they'd never heard the gospel before. And uh, all the salvation sermons I preached that week, and I preached the same sermon, but I used different texts. I used Old Testament texts because the Jews don't believe the New Testament, so I just preached out of the Old Testament. And they sat there and they listened and they listened and they listened. And the young folks prayed for them. Oh, how they prayed. 
And so Sunday morning came, and one of these girls, the younger one, came to me and said, I got to talk to you. I said, all right. So during the Sunday school uh, lesson time, we went to pastor's study there, and the first question was, are you a rabbi? She couldn't figure out how I could be a rabbi because I didn't have my collar on backwards. Are you a rabbi? I said, no, I'm not a rabbi. I'm a priest. You a priest? She said, and I said, yes, I'm a priest. She said, you don't look like a priest. Then I had to explain that all Christians are priests. You're a priest too. You folks are. If you're saved, you're a priest, which means you can come directly to God yourself. You don't have to have any man to help you. You don't have to come through any other man to get to God. That's what that means. And so we talked, and I said, um, her name was Rachel. And I said, now, Rachel, what you should do now is to receive the Savior you've been hearing about all week. Now, I said, uh, when you do, don't be surprised what might happen at home. Now, I said, I know of some Jewish families where I, I have read that when a member of the family gets saved, they have a mock funeral for that person, and they tell them to get out, and they say, as far as that person is concerned, that person is dead. Dead. And they have nothing more to do with it. And uh, so uh, that evening, the older one, Toby, the mother of the youngsters who will be here one of these weeks this summer. They've been here the last two, three summers. She came to me. Same thing. She said, I never heard this before. But she says, I believe it. And I understand it. I know what you're saying. That Jesus is a man. And her father would meet her. You know what, father, what the father would do? He'd turn around and go the other way. So he wouldn't even have to meet his own daughter. Some of you have the wonderful love of your parents and oh, how you ought to thank God for it and how you ought to obey them and how you ought to honor them. Toby went to Washington, D.C., worked for the FBI, went to Bible college out there. And by the way, she fell in love with one of those ball players, came back and married them. They asked me to marry them, but I couldn't. I was way up in northern Michigan. I couldn't marry them, get back up there for the meeting. They got married on a, on a Saturday night and I said to the people where we were in meetings in northern Michigan, I said, it wouldn't be a bit surprised to see this young couple here in the meetings tomorrow. And when we arrived at one of the churches for the Sunday school hour, the next morning, there they were sitting out there in the parking lot waiting to go to Sunday school and go to church. Today, they're working full-time at Pensacola Christian College and serving God. And they accepted Christ. Some of you haven't accepted Christ yet. You're afraid of what somebody's going to think about it. The gang back home or some of your relatives. These girls knew that they might be thrown out of the house and the only one was told to leave and never come back. But I thank God they had what it took to receive Jesus Christ and get saved anyhow. They suffered what the Lord Jesus suffered. His own brothers wouldn't believe in him. If you go home... After having been saved and dedicated your life to God and, and some of your relatives don't understand and they make it hard on you, don't get mad at them. Don't argue with them. Don't fight with them. Love them and pray for them and be the best Christian you can be in front of them. But if they persecute you, remember, that's what the Lord said. I'm going out to suffer. And he said he, he meant suffer. When he said suffer, he meant suffer. And he suffered the hate of the world. And he suffered the rejection of his friends and loved ones. And then he suffered something else. He said, I'm going to go out and be slain. So he suffered death. Boy, somebody said, you mean to tell me that if I follow the Lord, I'm going to follow him to die? Well, a lot of people have. Eight hundred and some people followed Jim Jones to death. 
And if 800 and some people could follow Jim Jones to death and give Jim Jones everything they had and their allegiance and their money and leave their friends and leave their homes, leave everything, we ought to be able to do the same thing for Jesus Christ. What a great preacher God allowed Dr. Paul Levine to be. I can see why he is so sorely missed. Now, his last point does raise an interesting thought in my mind. What am I, what are we willing to give our all to? It should be Jesus Christ. We should be willing to live as disciples for him. I hope you are. Will you listen in tomorrow as Dr. Paul minces no words? He gets blunt, but we need to hear it. God bless. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.